Grace and peace to you. This week in Wednesday in the Word, we're talking about God's chastisement. We're coming out of the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 5, where the Bible says, My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. So we're looking at God's chastisement. And if you have been walking with the Lord for any period of time, no doubt you have experienced some form of God's chastisement. The scripture even says, before I was afflicted, I went astray. And so God has a way of reeling us back in through chastisement. Um, chastisement can take on many forms, um, but we also want to be careful not to um, charge God. The Bible says not to charge God foolishly, right? And so you also want to be careful that just because there are things that are happening in our lives that may be <clears throat> discouraging or um, uncomfortable, that we're being chastised. So we need we need to know the difference. We need to know if we are harvesting seed of um, corruption, if we're harvesting seed of disobedience, we're harvesting seed of, um, you know, some contrariness, then that's not chastisement. That's a principle. And I love to talk about principles because I think sometimes we overlook the fact that our God is principled. God outlined principles in the beginning of the word of God in the book of Genesis. The book of Genesis teaches us all about principles. OK, the book of Proverbs teaches us about principles. Um, so we don't want to confuse harvest with chastisement. Um, also, we don't want to confuse an attack from the enemy with chastisement. So we need to know the difference. Um, chastisement will take on many forms. Um, and, and you will know, you will know when you're being chastised. No one will have to tell you, you know, you'll know, okay, something is wrong. God, you know, let me, let me reel myself in and get this right. Let me give an example. When David committed sin with sexual sin with Bathsheba, and Bathsheba conceived a child, and the child um, passed away. David knew immediately why that happened. He did not blame the enemy. He didn't blame Bathsheba. He didn't blame Uriah or anybody else. David owned his sin. And so whenever you're in a season of chastisement, you will know if it's the Lord's chest, if you are truly a son. And this is, again, why it's important to identify where you are in your relationship with the Lord, because chastisement is for mature folks. It's for the sons of God. And so the way that God expects a son to respond in chastisement is through humility, repentance and godly sorrow. The way to respond for a mature believer, the way to respond in times of chastisement is with humility, repentance, and godly sorrow. Um, if you become angry, then you are not enduring the Lord's chastisement. If you fight back, you are not enduring 
the Lord's chastisement. And so once you endure the Lord's chastisement, there are lessons you'll learn. Number one, trust me when I tell you, you won't do what you did again. You won't. You won't. Personally, I had um, backslidden years ago, years ago. I backslidden almost 29, 30 years, almost 29 years ago. I had backslidden and I had um, I knew better. OK. And I went through a season of chastisement when almost everything that could go wrong went wrong. And even though I was a young woman at the time and I was still relatively young in my faith, I knew better than to blame God. I owned it. I owned what I did. I owned the fact that I ignored all the warning signs. I owned it because there were people God sent prophets to warn me. He warned me about people I was hanging with. He warned me about uh, me being um, lukewarm. He warned me about um, being careless about my walk. And I ignored the signs. And I'll tell you this in just full transparency. I ignored the signs because I knew that I had people praying for me. And so I during that time when I was very careless in my walk, I depended on the prayers of the righteous. Listen now, because I'm talking to somebody. I depended on the prayers of the righteous to undergird me, even when my walk was slippery. And I knew what I was doing was wrong. So when God chastised me, um, my chastisement season lasted for almost a year. It lasted almost maybe about 10 months, but, you know, close to a year, approximately a year. I was more miserable than I can tell you. I desperately longed to be in the presence of God, and I wasn't able to get into that place with him. Um, I longed for that fellowship, and I was not able to get that fellowship. I longed to right the wrongs, and I, at that time, because I was still in my season of chastisement, I didn't have the technology. You know what I'm saying? I didn't have the knowledge. I didn't have the, the equipment. I just didn't have the know-how to fix it. I didn't know how to make it right. And I had to wait. I had to wait on the Lord to draw me. Like the scripture says, with love and kindness have I drawn thee. I had to wait for God to draw me back. I was crying out to God. I want, I missed his presence because I know, I knew at that time what the presence of God felt like and, and the, the pleasures at his right hand from being in his presence. I knew all of that. I had tasted of his goodness, but I allowed carelessness. I allowed people. Um, I allowed being lukewarm to, um, to back to, to cause me to backslide. And it was the most miserable season of my life. And when I tell you, when God finally drew me in, when I felt him, when I could hear him again, when I could, because I was always a, a seer and a dreamer, even as a young child, when all of that unlocked, when my spiritual gifts unlocked and I began to feel God again, I began to press into that place of prayer and know that he heard me and that he was responding. I vowed to God. And like I told you, that's been almost 29 years ago. This may will be 29 years. I vowed to the Lord that I would never, ever backslide again because the chastisement that I endured was so severe. No, I didn't lose my life. Nobody close to me lost their life, you know, but it was the mental anguish. It was the loss of peace. I know some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. 
it was the the and I think what was worse for me was the breach of fellowship. Like I no longer had God as my friend and I'm almost tearing up just talking about how devastating that hour was for me. That season of chastisement was for me. I lost God as friend. You know, many people know him as God and as father and as, you know, redeemer. And he was my friend. And to me, losing him was like losing my very, very best friend. And it was devastating. And to be honest with you, that's the true definition of hell is absence from the presence of God. That in and of itself is torment. And if you've ever been there, I mean, truly been there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And so it took almost a year for God to draw me in because what God was showing me and and what I needed to learn in my late teens, early 20s, is I needed to learn how to take my walk seriously. So when I read the scripture and the scripture says, for those he love, he chastens, even as a son, how we are to endure it. The chastisement of the Lord comes upon those whom he loves. Some of you may be wondering, why is it that so-and-so can get away with this? Because I used to ask God that all the time coming up in the church when I was serving in church, under service in church. And I would see people with titles and with positions living that life. And listen, I had already been there. You couldn't bait me back to that place. So I had always walked with a reverent fear of the Lord. Okay. Not a dreadful fear, but a reverent fear that I never wanted to lose that place with the Lord again. And when I would see people just using their gift and prostituting their gift and abusing others, I couldn't understand it. And I would go before the Lord and I would ask him, why now? I know you are just God. I'm not charging you foolish. Now. I'm not trying to come for you. But help me understand why they can get away with that. And I couldn't or I can't. Not that I wanted to hear my heart. I didn't understand it. And it took a while for me to wrap my mind around the fact that not everyone in the church is a son of God. Okay? Non-gender. Not if there are folks in the church, just like there are folks in every organization organization that are not truly a part of, you know, their name is on the roll and they receiving the benefits of it, but they're not married to the work. And that's what God had to show me. He had to show me not everybody in here is mine. You know what I'm saying? Some of these folks are here because, you know, their family here or, you know, it's a nice place to come on Sundays. And not everybody here is married to the work. And I didn't understand that. Even folks with gifts, I could not understand until I began to mature and grow. And I would say to the Lord, how is it that they can get away with it? And if I dared to try that, my God, I don't know if I make it back. And he began to reveal to me, daughter, not everybody's my son. Some of these are not, they're not, they're none of mine. You know, there's, that's not my spirit. That's my gift, but that's not my spirit. And so when we talk about the chastisement of the Lord, these are seasons where God wants us to um, hone in on what caused the breach in fellowship. What was it that caused you to fall out? What was it that caused God to separate himself and allow his wrath 
Because God can love you and be angry with you. Don't get it twisted. You you read the book of uh, Exodus and look at how God dealt with the children of Israel. He loved them. Those were his covenanted people, but he chastised them. Some of them lost their lives before time, premature death, but it had nothing to do with his love. It had everything to do with justice. So understanding that um, we are as sons of God, as children of God, God has every right to chastise his son. As I was coming up, my mother would chastise me physically and verbally. And yes, as a child, you don't understand. You think this is the meanest mama in the world, or this the meanest daddy or the meanest grandmother in the world. And then as you grow older, as you mature, you understand why mama told you, you know, uh, uh, scolded you or rebuked you or chastised you for being on the phone too long or not cleaning up your room or not doing well in school or hanging with the wrong friend. You understand now that that chastisement was a part of your discipleship and a part of your training. And now as I understand, as I look back these almost 30 years ago, I'm so grateful I learned what I learned then. And I'll just be honest, I'm grateful I came up in God when I did. You know, the times were just different. These are just some different times. And I won't, I'm not even going to get into that, but we're in a different dispensation of time now. We are in the last days and you are seeing manifestations of people loving themselves and being proud and being heady and high-minded and, you know, disobedient, traitors, um, disloyalty. You're seeing that. And and no wonder Jesus said it, the word of God is prophesied and we're in that season. And, you know, I'm so grateful that God brought me up when he did, when things were not as escalated as they are right now. Um, needless to say, I'm glad also that I endured my chastisement then as opposed to right now. Like the chastisement that I would have gone through now if I had not endured it then. Because check it out. What you don't endure, you will continue to endure. you got to get through it. There are lessons you've got to learn. And so I was able to learn my lesson. I was able to learn and appreciate the peace of God, the, the presence of God, the voice of God, the gifts of God. I, I came to a place where I appreciate it and I didn't become common with him. And when you come into a place like that, then you've learned, okay, God, I've learned that I will not take this for granted again. I will not uh, charge you foolishly. I will not become common with you. I will reverently fear you. I will respect your word. I will respect your principles. I will align myself with your word. You learn that because as you mature as a son of God, you learn how to put those childish things away. Remember the word of God talks about that. When I was a child, I thought, thought like a child. I speak as a child. But when I became a man or an adult or when I matured, I put those things away. And so chastisement has a way to teach you how to put those foolish things away. Chastisement has a way to teach you how to put those childish things away. And so as you endure it and you're enduring it as a son, why? Why do you endure chastisement as a son? Because as you're going through the season of chastisement, you need to remember that it's the love of God. It is the love of a father to rear his children in the admonition of the Lord, to raise them up in the things that are right, to discipline them so they will know the right way to go so that they won't depart when they get older. 
These are these are reasons why we chastise and these are reasons why we discipline. Now, let me say this. It's going to be very challenging to receive chastisement for someone you don't see as <clears throat> as your father. Let me say it like this. The reason why you should endure chastisement as a son is because you know the one chastising you is doing it out of love. In other words, there is a relationship established. So when God chastised David, God chastised David as David as father to son. David never became angry with the father. David never uh, charged him foolishly. David never became angry. He understood I am receiving chastisement at the hand of my father because I did something that was wrong. And because he loves me, he's not going to allow me to continue in that same thing. And the same thing applies for you and for me. Because the father loves us, he will chastise us in those areas where we are willful disobedient. And in areas that he knows will be harmful to us as we continue to evolve and, and, and develop and mature into the sons of God. And so there were ways and mannerisms that I had in me as a young believer, because let me tell you, if nobody can tell you, I will tell you, God has truly, 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 truly done a work in me. I used to I used to be what the Bible calls haughty, H-A-U-G-H-D-Y. And I would have the last word. I was confrontational. I was combative. I was aggressive. All of that. Now, some of you may say, oh, my goodness, you're just so sweet now. And I would have never known that. That's because I endured the chastisement of the Lord as a son. And God killed that in me. Now, that's not to say that I still don't have those tendencies because we're all human and we're subject to fall. And it's just a matter of time if we're not for the grace of God and being yielded to the Holy Spirit. You know, some of those attributes and characteristics and personality traits are still in us. But we have crucified those things. Right. We put that thing to death and we do it sometimes daily. Right. Um, we give ourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. And so I know the things in me that can cause trouble, right? That can cause soul trouble, S-O-U-L, trouble to my soul. I know those things. So it's my job. It's not the pastor's job. It's not the prophet's job, the bishop, my spouse, my kids. It's my job to supervise the affairs of my own soul. And I can't get upset if I know what my issue is. I fail to yield those things, those things to God in prayer and God uses somebody else to chastise me. Again, that's where some of us have found ourselves in trouble is like me, because I'm going to talk about me. Right. When God sent the prophets to me way back years ago because of the things in my soul, my behavior, my mannerisms, my attitude. I would tell you about yourself and wouldn't bat an eye, wouldn't back down, would not back down. Um, And God sent someone to me and said, the Lord said this, if you don't X, Y, Z, 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 this is what's going to be, you know, this is what it's going to be. And I combated with the prophet. Well, what do you mean? What you, so you saying God, or I argue with the prophet. God said, you know what? He told the prophet, go ahead and retire from that assignment, I got this. 
And you know what that person told me? That person said, look, I'm just telling you what God said. And they did not argue with me because that was the kind of person I was. I would argue back and forth. I will, I will make you, you know what I'm saying? I will, I'll, I'll pull you into it. And that person had enough um, wisdom to know I'm not going to argue with you. This is what God said. And that's between you and the Lord. And they walked away. And I've learned that even now when God gives me a word for somebody that, you know, maybe a challenging word and they want to argue. I know that because that was me. I don't argue. If you know that you have said what God has said, God will honor his word. And so when that prophet came to me and told me, if you don't stop doing this and if you don't stop doing that, God said, blah, 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 blah. And I argue with them. The prophet told me, you know what? That's between you and God. I, you know, you pray about it. And they walked away. And when I tell you, I don't think it was a month later. I mean, it didn't happen immediately after because God will give you time, you know, to, to, to simmer down, to simmer down and, and think. And, and, and you know what I'm saying? Revisit. He'll give you time. And so it was maybe about a month after that happened when my God, the bucket fell out and it was like everything. When I say everything. Everything went wrong. Everything went wrong. And it didn't matter how smart I was. It didn't matter the re- all of my resources dried up. That, that's one of the first things that happened is I lost everything. I mean, I literally lost everything because I was always one. And I still am, thank God, that believed in working and saving and having nice things. I believed in that. You know, that was, you know, I, I, believe, I, believed, in, I believed in working. I was raised to work. And I would always have not a nice car, nice clothes. I would travel and go. I did that as a young woman. And and so that was one of the first things God allowed to, to be touched is my resources, my job, my car, all my night. The, the dry clean. I was dry cleaning my clothes at 19, 20 years old. That's how much I spent on my clothes is I was dry. I don't even know young people right now who, I mean, maybe there's some, but I don't even, I barely know older people who, you know, but I, that was the way that I, I always liked to look nice. I always kept my hair done. And let me tell you something. I lost my car. I lost my job. The dry cleaners lost my clothes. And I mean, I had nice pantsuits, lost my clothes. I lost my hair. I ended up shaving my head bald. Long, my health began to decline. I mean, I, I can, we can have a conversation about this. And I'm telling you, it took that for me because every father knows the extreme measures of chastisement it takes to reel that student, that child, student, to reel that child in. That's the educator me talking. But every father knows. My mother knew when she was chastising me, she knew if she took my phone away, that's it. I, my life is ruined. You know what I'm saying? To somebody else, it may be taking the video game. It may be taking the keys to the car. But for me coming up, it was, you know what? I'm taking, I'm restricting you from the phone for two days. Oh my goodness. You know, this, we didn't have cell phones. So that was the only connection you had with your friends. We didn't have internet and all of this stuff, social media. So you mean to tell me I can't talk on the phone to my friends? I have to wait till I get to school. I'm just not going to make it. I can't live. (laughs) And so that was, so every father knows the extreme measures of chastisement it takes to get that son's attention. And I'm just speaking in non-gender terms, okay? 
You know, your mother knew, your grand, whoever that raised you, that loved you, they knew what it took to get your attention. So does our God. He knows. Oh, you like that? You like nice clothes? You like your nice hair, huh? Oh, you get your hair done every two weeks. Oh, okay. You like your pantsuits? You like the dry cleaners? You like to drive your nice car? You traveling every weekend? Hmm. The Lord touched my stuff. And it was not the enemy. I said, the Lord Because you can't fight devils when God is fighting you. The hand of God's chastisement was stretched out against me. God's wrath was stretched out against me. Even though he loved me. Even though he loved me. His hand was stretched out against me. And so I want you to hear this because I don't want you to confuse God's love with his um, being passive with sin. Don't ever confuse the fact that God loves me. Oh, he loves me too much. He loved those he loves. He chastens. I want you to remember that those the father love. If he loves you, he's going to come for you. As a mother, as a parent with five adult children. I don't chastise them physically. First of all, I don't have the strength <laughs> But there are conversations that we have where I bring correction. And it may be awkward for a while, but because my children know how much I love them, how much I care about them, when they've had time to think, they'll come back and say, Ma, you know what? I'm sorry. Or Ma, you know what? You know, I didn't see it that way or whatever. And we make it right and we move on. They've learned a lesson. I've learned a lesson to as a parent and we moved on because it's the love of a father to chasten the son. Now, I'm going to add one more piece and then I'm going to I'm going to let you go and let you chew the cud and digest this word for yourself. The struggle many people have with receiving chastisement is when it comes from someone whom they have not developed a relationship with. As an educator, I would see staff members who have no relationship with a student try to give that student directions. And you know what? I don't have to listen to you. Who are you? I don't know you. And they react. But if a person, a staff member, is one whom they built a relationship with, and they may tell the student, I need you to go to class. Okay, yes, ma'am. I need. What are you doing? Where are you going? I'm going here. I'm leaving this. And, and there's a level of respect because a relationship has been established. This is where the rubber meets the road is there's some who are going through hardship and challenges and they're saying God is chastising me. But I want to I want to really guide you in that thinking, because if your relationship with the Lord is not to the point where you can identify him as father, not just Lord, but father, and he's identifying you as son. Then when he chastises you, it's not a chat. It's not a it's not a confusion over why is this happening? You know why it's happening. When my mother would come and snatch the phone out the wall, I knew exactly why. I didn't say, Ma, why you took the phone? I knew it was because I was on the phone after she said, get off. 
or I was on the phone when she told me to clean up, clean the dishes and I didn't. There, I knew why. See, when you are a son and the father chastises you, you know why, because you that relationship, you, you've built relationships. And so, you know, the things that the father expects from you and you even know when you don't do what what is expected. And so when the chastisement comes, you're not surprised. And so I think the frustration comes when people are going through conflict and challenges in their life and they don't know why. And then they blame God. Oh, God is chastising me. And I want to kind of help guide that thinking that it may not be God. If the relationship is not formed, what you may be dealing with may be harvest. And again, that's principle. It's different. And so when I hear that sometimes, you know, the Lord is is um, chastising me because of this and and I don't understand it. And I, I've been praying and I've been asking the Lord and, and the conversations don't even align to the protocol of how this thing works. And I, I listen to it and I'm like, OK, they don't understand. I'm rebuking the enemy. I know the devil's attacking my finances and and I'm saying to myself, it may not be the enemy. It may be bad seed. It may be the fact that you did not steward your resources well. And so caterpillars and canker worms and palmer worms are coming because that's the principle. The devourer has not been rebuked because the windows are not open because there has not been an exchangement um, given. So then there's principle. It's not chastisement and it's not even warfare. It's principle. So I think the wisdom that I'm trying to to convey uh, in this message is to examine those areas in life where there's conflict and then know if this is chastisement, if this is spiritual warfare or if it is harvest and then once you know the difference you know you can you know what i'm saying you kind of know if it's a bad harvest and what do you do you need to deal with the seed you need to correct that if it's spiritual warfare okay devil you know we're going into warfare because now you're trespassing and you don't have a right to touch this area of my life but if it's chastisement you can't fight god you have to endure it as a son and you have to wait You know what I'm saying? You have to wait for God to draw you in. Because at that point, when you're being chastised, you're at his mercy. I'm going to close with this. So I mentioned David and how he lost his son, and how um, he he fasted and, and so forth. And then when the answer came, when he reckoned that thing with the Lord. And in, I think it's documented in Psalm 51 against you, against you only. Lord, have I done this? When when that reckoning came, purge me, wash me, to don't take your Holy Spirit. At that point when he acknowledged his sin, then God began to pull back the hand of chastisement and he restored David. And how did God restore David? He restored David by allowing Bathsheba to become his wife. And he granted David a son by the name of Solomon or in Hebrew, Shalom, which is peace, which means all is well. Not only that, God saved David's son. Now, that's a mystery for a lot of people. God, the son that David lost, God saved him, even though that child was conceived in sin. God saved that child. And again, that's that's a, that's some good Bible study stuff for you right there. OK, so with me, 
when I came to my point where I said, God, I miss the fellowship. I miss being in church. I, I miss being in my place. I miss, I missed it so much. I'm, oh my God, I missed it so much. I still, all these years later, I, it's so real. Like I'm telling you, when I was mentioning it earlier, I could feel tears coming because I, you never forget chastisement. Never. When God chastises you, you will never forget it. And, and, and the reason why you hold it in your memory is so that you don't do that again. You don't trespass in that area. You don't breach God in that area again. Okay. And so when God finally, I will never forget. It was May, 1995, May, 1995, when the Lord finally allowed me to come back home. And from that time to now, I'm telling you, I'm not saying it's been easy. I'm not saying it's been times when I'm like, Lord, you know, I don't care how crazy my thoughts may be. I have never, I don't care who came, who went, who went up, who went down. I've never, ever betrayed my God. Never. Number one, the stakes are too high now. Back then, I had a lot to lose. And I did lose a lot. Personal stuff, tangible things, personal now, I've got so many more things done that God has placed in my hands. The, the stakes are too high. And I, I know so much more now than I did all those almost 30 years ago. To where I don't, I don't, I just wouldn't do it. Let me just say that. I just wouldn't do it. Um, so when you come out of a chastisement season, you will mature. You will grow. You will flourish. David flourished. His kingdom flourished. When I've returned to the things of God, when God brought me in, I begin to flourish. And my gifts begin to soar. Like, I can't even describe. I don't even have the time to tell you how God matured me. Because I was so serious. You know what I'm saying? And I had other people my age who were still playing with God. And, and I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm good with all of that. I mean, it nobody had to tell me this is what time the church start. This is the song that we sing for this week. This is how much you tithe this. Nobody had to tell me, daughter, are you coming to church today? Daughter, I'm checking. Nobody. You understand what I'm saying? Before I was afflicted, I went astray. Before. But when let me tell you, when God finished with you. When God finishes with you, you won't, um, you won't, you won't, you, you just won't need somebody to, to come and chase you and, 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 and harass you. Come on, y'all. It's time to praise the Lord. Come on. Let's do No one has to tell you this scripture I was going to give you was in Psalm 119, 67. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word after God chastises you. You will keep his word. And so, again, this is kind of the litmus test. If you say God is chastising you and God is truly chastising you, he will never chastise you in the same area twice. Because when God chastises you, he does it so well. You will never you never hear about the prodigal son going back out, leaving his father's house again. Never. Never. And it was nothing the father had to say to that son. The circumstances began to align against him. That's how it looks. And he said, let me rise up and go back to my father's house. And the father was standing there waiting for him. Y'all know the story. 
So when you are truly chastised, God doesn't chastise you in the same area twice. That's how you know if it's chastisement. Now, if it's harvest, you can have multiple crop failures. You know what I'm saying? You can have multiple crop failures in the same area over and over again. If you don't put it, it, listen, on the back of every little pack of seed, it tells you the geographic location that seed thrives in, tells you the climate that seed thrives in, tells you how deep to plant the seed, tells you how much sunlight it needs, tells you how much water. You can buy 10, you can buy a pack of seed, you can buy 12 for every month of the year. And plant, even though the seed has the instructions on the back, you can plant it in the wrong place. And every month you can you can reap a bad harvest because you're not following principle. That's not chastisement. You will learn from chastisement and God won't chastise you in the same area twice. But seed, you can experience multiple crop failures because you are mishandling the seed. And with spiritual warfare, you can have multiple battles in some of the same areas. So that's what sort of sets the difference. If you're saying, man, I'm the Lord has chastised me in this area. And you've been saying that for like three years in the same area. There are one or two things happening. Either number one, you, you haven't learned. Or number two, that's not chastisement. That's crop failure. So you got to learn the difference, okay? So I pray that I've said something that you kind of get you to thinking and to doing some research and committing yourself to actually pulling aside and inquiring about some areas in life that um, you're not seeing growth, you're not seeing um, success, you're not seeing progress. Then it's time to have those conversations with the Lord, okay? Before you go binding and loosing demons, you know, have a conversation. Lord, am I being chastised in this area? And if so, what do you want me to learn? What it's Because every chastisement season comes with a lesson. The 40-year season of chastisement for Israel came with a lesson. Stop murmuring and complaining. The chastisement season for David came from don't commit murder. Don't covet. Don't commit adultery. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It, chastisement comes on the heel of some breach. And because God loves you, he's not going to just allow you to continue like that. He loves you too much to let you continue in sin. God forbid. He's going to deal with you as a son. It won't kill you. Lord knows. Lord knows. Sometimes chastisement feels like you're just not going to make it. You know, you, and you just feel like I just can't do it. But you can if you subscribe to the reason why God is chastising you and say, God, against you and against you only have I done this. Father, it's me. It's not my uncle. It's not the generational curse. It's me. Lord, it's me. It's just own that area. Father, tonight we thank you for the word, God. We thank you for God's chastisement in love, Lord God. And we thank you for coming, Lord God, out of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 5. And we're talking about how you love us, God. And even in your love, you chastise us. Even the word of God says, um, spare, to spare the rod is to spoil the child. And, and God, how you how that rod or that discipline helps to guide us, God, as believers, as men and women of God. It helps to even to save our souls from hell in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So Father, we ask you to reveal to us areas in our lives where we are being chastised. Show us, God, the lessons that we need to learn. Now, Father, also show us areas in our life where we are reaping harvest, a bad harvest, where we, we, we're dealing with some, some corrupt seed. 
so that we can put that work in, Lord God, to 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 uh, uh, dig the ground, Lord God, and pull up the bad seed and and relay and replant the good seed, God, and, and plant it in the right season, the right soil, in the right depth. In the name of Jesus, following your word and 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 what in and, and being led by your spirit, and then also God show us areas where we're under attack. Show us where we're under attack. And then, God, give us the technology and prayer to combat those forces of evil, Lord God, that realizing that we have authority in Jesus' name to rise up and, Lord God, to tread over um, scorpions and serpents, God. So, Father, we love you. We bless you, God. I thank you for every hearer. And I pray this word, God, will, be, will forever be settled in their hearts that they may not sin against you. We give you glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.